This is the sermon from Reverend Dr. Bob John, pastor of Aldersgate United Methodist Church in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. We hope you are blessed with this message today. If you are seeking a church family, we are located at 242 Boston Road. Our worship services are at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. May God bless you and your family this day and give you peace. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from the Hebrew Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 9 through 15. You can find it at the very beginning of your Pew Bibles. I don't have the page number. This chapter begins saying that the Lord appeared to Abraham and actually three men came and spoke with him. They said to him, where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, she's there in the tent. And then one said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, like quite advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I have this pleasure of a child? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, no, no, I, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, oh, yeah, you, you did laugh. The epistle reading this morning is from the letter to the Hebrews. That's chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of that same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be accepted on thy side, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the beginning part of 
2012 movie called Being Flynn. A mother and her 12-year-old son, Nick, are sitting in the car looking at the bus stop. The narrator says, all my life, my father has been manifest as an absent, not a presence, a name without a body. The mother looks tired and says, if he does not show up again this time, I'm going to kill him. Her son, Nick, says, if he does not show up, can you get some ice cream? A Silver City bus finally arrives and someone steps down. As the bus moves, the mother and son lean forward to see if it's uh, Nick's father. The mother says, no, that's not him. What kind of ice cream do you want? Nick says, disappointingly, chocolate ice cream. And they drive away. Today is a Father's Day. For many of us, it's a day to celebrate all the love and sacrifice and wisdom that our fathers pass down to us and share with us. However, for some of us, it's not a day to look forward to. Maybe it's a day that reminds us of the painful absence of our fathers, just like Nick's father. For some of us, it's a day that reminds us of the irresponsibilities of our fathers. Fathers who walked out on their families, fathers who wrestled with addiction like drugs and alcohol. Maybe some of us are still traumatized by some fathers who are abusive, whether verbally or physically. I'm sharing these examples because they are the real people that I met through my ministry these past years. And as I, I prepared this message this morning, I look at myself. And also I do the same with you, I invite you to look at yourself too. You know, as I look at my two boys who are turning five, five and 10 this summer, um, I just cannot imagine, I just cannot believe how I have become a father to two boys. Some of the youth in our church right now, I just sometimes I feel like I'm still the young person with so much dream and potential. At the same time, um, I know that I give thanks to God for what a blessing my boys have been in my life. At the same time, I regret when I did not behave the way as I should have. There are times I wish I were more patient with my boys, and times when I wish I did not say some harsh words to them. And how about you? Are you a perfect father or mother yourself? Regardless of what kind of father or mother we had, I believe that there's some wisdom that we can gain from the book of Genesis as we face our own human weaknesses and how God redeems us despite our shortcomings. In our reading from Genesis today, 
the Bible tells us that the Lord appeared to Abram by the oak of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing, so he invited them to come and rest. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let me bring some water and wash your feet, and please rest yourselves by the tree. Abraham shared a wonderful hospitality with these three men by also asking his wife to make a cake. And as for himself, he went out to the field and the herd and took a calf and gave it to his servants to be cooked. After the wonderful meal and hospitality from Abraham and Sarah, these three men blessed them and said that Sarah would bear a child. To which Sarah believed or laughed. She laughed. Upon the words of blessings and promise, Sarah did not believe in these words and gave thanks to God. Instead, she laughed. Well, it's not just Sarah who laughed. In the previous chapter, 17, Genesis, God made the same promise with Abraham. And God said, I will bless your wife, Sarah, and also give you a son by her. Upon hearing this, Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He said, can a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Can Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Both Abraham and Sarah did not believe in the promise of God, and instead they laughed. I wonder if they laughed, not necessarily because this promise from God was ridiculous or just impossible, or maybe they were laughing, remembering all the pain, the wound they carried all those years, not having their own children. In addition to failing to trust in the words of God, here's what I find about the human side, about Abram and Sarah. When Abram was 75 years old, God called him to leave his family in Haran and go to the land that God was going to show them. When Abram entered Egypt, he told Sarah that if he told the people in, in Egypt that she was his wife, they might kill him and take her away because she was beautiful in appearance, the Bible says. So Abram asked her to say that you know, she was his sister, not wife. Well, Pharaoh saw Sarah and took her to, to his house. And as a reward, the Pharaoh gave Abram sheep, oxen, donkeys, slaves, and camels. Later, God afflicted Pharaoh and his household with a plague because of Sarah was a married woman. So when Pharaoh realized that Sarah was Abram's wife, he ordered them to leave. But Abram became a rich person with so much possession because he sold his wife. And that did not happen just once, but twice. 
as later in chapter 20, when they entered the land of Gerar, Abraham told Sarah the same thing. Honey, you're so beautiful. They might come and kill me if I told them that you are my wife. So let's say that you are my sister. And by doing so, he became rich. How about Sarah? As she could not have a child with Abraham, she gave to Abraham her Egyptian slave whose name was Hagar. After Abraham went in with Hagar, she became pregnant, and the Bible says that she looked on Sarah with contempt. Driven by jealousy and anger, Sarah dealt with Hagar harshly, forcing her to run away from the family. But as you know, Hagar came back and gave birth to her son Ishmael. After Sarah also gave birth to her son Isaac, Sarah again became jealous and wondering if Ishmael would uh, take any inheritance away from her son Isaac. So she again pleaded with Abraham and said, cast out this woman and her son away. So the next day, Abraham took bread and a skin of water and put it on the shoulder of Hagar, not on the donkey, not on the animal, put the bread and the skin of water on the shoulder of this poor woman, Hagar. And he sent her and her son away in the wilderness. And later, Abraham was commanded by God to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And early in the morning, he arose and he brought her son, uh, his son, to the mountain in the Moriah, and almost killed him until the angel of God stopped him. And the Bible does not say that Abram actually talked about this or consulted with Sarah at any point. But talk about a dysfunctional family caused by vulnerability, lack of trust, lack of communication, fear, jealousy, and harshness. At this point, we might even wonder why God chose people like Abram and Sarah to be the ancestors of faith, the ancestors of God's people. Is that because they are perfect, honorable, and blameless? Or is it because Despite their shortcomings and weaknesses, God is still good and God is perfect. Who can use, even work with people like Abram and Sarah? If the Bible is full of people who are perfect in their characteristics and their behaviors, how can we say that the Bible is for us and we are part of God's redemptive story in this world? when we know that we ourselves are not perfect. Several years ago, I got a call from my parishioner, Sam. You know, Sam was a single father who usually came to the church on Sunday mornings with, her, uh, with his 10-year-old uh, daughter. And when he called me, he said, Pastor Bob, have you read the news article today? When I told him no, he asked me to 
to read the paper and call him back. As I went online local newspaper, I learned that Sam had been arrested a few days ago for possessing eight pound marijuana, which valued around $10,000, along with $5,000 in cash in his truck. You know, I was quite shocked to, to learn this news and I just did not know what to do. As I called him back, Sam said, do you think the people at our church would welcome my daughter this Sunday? He was not even worried about him being welcomed back to the church, but he was worried and concerned if his daughter would be treated differently. And that was the same. Not that what he did was justifiable, but I knew that his world was centered around his daughter. That his daughter was everything to him. And I told him not to worry. I would welcome him and also his daughter to the church. And I did not say this to him, but if church tells people that they are not good enough and that they are not welcome there, we might have to say the same thing to people in the Bible, like Abraham and Sarah. They're just not good enough. But God is God who welcomes us as we are, even though we're not perfect. It also remembers us differently. God welcomes us, dies for us, and saves us, not because we are perfect, blameless, and honorable, but quite the contrary, we are quite fragile beings who often exhibit our worst behaviors and speak the worst words at the worst moments of our lives. But the good news is that despite our shortcomings, despite our failures, God calls us righteous and faithful because of the righteousness of Christ. So here's what Paul says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Paul does not say anything about Sarah or Abraham laughing at the promise of God, but Paul calls Abraham and Sarah that they were faithful. As we celebrate Father's Day again, it's a wonderful day for many of us to give thanks to God for all the love and support and, and sacrifice that we receive from our fathers. Again, it could be a day of difficulties and challenges for some of us who did not have a positive relationship with our fathers or mothers. And remember the fifth commandment of God in the Bible, honor your father and mother. God does not say that we honor our parents because they are perfect and honorable. Instead, God says that it's, a, it's the will of God for you, God says in, in the Exodus, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In other words, to have abundant life in this world 
it's important to be freed from the resentment, anger, and hatred so that the love of God may fill our hearts for the redemption of others. In preparing for sermon for today, I've been reading a book called Forgiving Our Fathers and Mothers by the author Leslie Fields. And she shares a story about Jimmy and his father. Jimmy's father acted as generous and loving outside the family, but when he was home, he was harsh and unhappy man, often beating his son Jimmy and other kids. Years later, Jimmy brought his fiance Joy to a family dinner and shared the news of their engagement. But Jimmy's father sat in the corner quietly and angrily because his son did not even consult with him. So he refused to attend the wedding, even telling his wife not to go. For two years, Jimmy's father kept a stubborn silence whenever he came to visit his mother, and Jimmy refused to acknowledge, uh, address the, his father who would not acknowledge him. Jimmy hated his father because he was a prodigal father to him. But at the same time, he learned to show him that there is another way to live, as his wife's joy showed it to him. Jimmy and his wife, Joy, decided to be generous with them, as God was generous with everyone. And they said that uh, things started being differently for them. They start talking, embracing one another. Although Jimmy's father never asked him to forgive him or return the words, I love you, Dad, Jimmy and his wife attended him especially after he had a stroke and until he died. The author Leslie Field comments, even when our parents don't feel worthy of our honor and respect, God is worthy of our honor and respect. And God's tied the two together, God's self as the sovereign creator God, and our parents as our divinely chosen human creators. So when we honor our parents, we honor God, she says. Dearly beloved, I do not know where you come from in your relationship with your parent. Maybe some of us had such a loving and wonderful parents. Maybe some of us did not. But God knows your hearts. God knows your pain, your tears, your wounds, and also your love for your family and your sacrifice. And we also come together and make this new family in God, not bound by blood, but bound by the radical love of God for us, that we call one another a brother and sister in Christ, that we call one another, this is our mother and father in Christ who have passed down their faith and love to us today. So may God bless us on this day. Thanks be to God, and God's people say, Amen.